Blog Talk Radio. Oh, hello, hello, everyone. I just made it here. I had I was somewhere else, and I just managed to sit down in my chair in front of the microphone right now. When they said, your show, we go live right now. Here I am, our wondrous world with Helena Steiner Hornstein. Welcome to be with me for a little while. I'm so happy you would join me. And, uh, well, who am I? Uh, Because I know I have my regular listeners. Thank you for coming back. I'm always happy to have you. But then there are always some new ones who come to see me. And uh, they just wonder, what is this? Who is this? I want to know, maybe just finding out a little bit more. So they're staying with me for a few minutes, maybe the whole hour, or we will see. And they wonder, what is she doing? <laughs> well, I am uh, what what they originally known for, for being uh, a very strong, pow- and powerful psychic healer. This is what people say. And, uh, of course, I have this that I do, so-called healings. And I never call myself a healer. Other people call me a healer. So it's not that self-proclaimed that some guys like to say, no, this was said about me long before I even knew that this was what I was doing. I read energies around people within people. And when something is not quite in balance within you, you feel that. And you notice that in some form of sickness, everything is energy. So I can see that sickness where it sits. And then we remove it together. And how do we do that? With the power of the light. Ah, what is the light? You may wonder course, people come to me all the time. They know what the light is. That is the biggest universal power of all. Absolutely unlimited. Some people like to call it God or the highest power or source. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's something that we have within us, all of us, and we can direct that power somehow through our wishes and commands. However, if you start to have negative wishes and negative thoughts, that is not good. It's not good for others, but it's certainly not good for you. And it's okay, you know, everyone can have an outburst of disappointment or anger. But if you go and walk around for a long time with that, or you even want to get revenge with someone, it's going to eat you up. It's going eventually to it's going to kill you. And this is what the power is. You have to use it for the highest good, which means the highest good is to put everything in balance again. This is a world of imbalance, this planet. And we see that so often. It means that the negative power is putting on more forces than the positive power. But somehow the positive power, meaning the light, you cannot get rid of it. You can get rid of darkness once in a while, but you can never, never get rid of the light. 
because that's simply life. And even if you have a desert and you believe nothing grows in that desert, you will find that suddenly you have a rainstorm and things start to grow and grow and grow like crazy. The same with a forest. If a forest burns out and it's nothing but black ashes all over, with time, it will start to grow back, bigger and better than ever. And forestry, that's something I know about, and that is that when things are not growing well, you burn that little area. You actually burn it, and you supervise it so it doesn't spread. And you clean it up, and now you have the best growing forest you can imagine. So this is what what it is. Today we are going, of course, I just want to tell you how to get hold of me. And I have www.bodysoulconnection.com. Body and body soul connection. In one word, bodysoulconnection.com. And my email is, I have many email addresses, but the easiest one to understand is, Dr. Helena Info, DR for Dr. Helena, my name, Info, short for information, at yahoo.com. And I do give private sittings, you know, private uh, sessions. And uh, you just have to make appointments. And I do them so over the phone, regular phone, cell phone, or Skype, or whatever way you like. So um, I don't see people in person. I don't see that as a, as a necessity because I can see, I say, see in quote, I perceive you in front of me, even if I don't see you. I can see the energies within you. I can even see, you know, the organs, your organs that I can see or sense, you know, what you're talking about and if you're telling the truth or, you know, all those little things because it's all founded in the intuition. And what is intuition? It's just my direct connection to the higher skies, (laughs) to the higher universe. That's all I can say. So my connection to the higher powers is through the intuition and I connect and then it talks back to me and sometimes you know it's very hard out in life you talk you just meet anyone in the street and and they say something and you know person is not telling the truth for instance it's very hard to kind of live with that in the beginning when I was a child and when people said things and they were just telling stories, and I knew that. It was very, very hard to tell a grown-up, you're lying. You know, so one had to live with that particular knowledge that, oh, you know, although I believe that the core in each one is good, not everyone used that goodness that we're meant to have. So how did I get into that when I said the importance of having a vision? Do you want a good life? Do you really want a good life? Of course you do. Who doesn't? We all do. Well, for that, you create a vision. And what is a vision? 
it is a mental of the results that you want to have in your life, of where you want to be. It's a big picture of things. And in this vision, you don't necessarily see the negative faults and the, the, you know, what can go wrong. You actually see something positive that you really, really wish for. That is your vision. And you know something? Children have vision from the very, very start. And I know when I was young and I had seen all these movies, I loved American movies, you know, in color. I thought they were wonderful. Not like the Ingmar Bergman movies, you know, all black, you know, all in dark, black and white color. (laughs) And so sinister and so depressing. But the American, you know, shows with all the dancing and kissing and, you know, all these happy things. I thought they were wonderful. So I decided early on I wanted to come to America and be a movie star and live in California. Well, what can I say of that? Did that happen? Well, I think I recovered from that dream. I didn't see that being a movie star would be the biggest of things anymore. But I did create, through my vision, a particular life and lifestyle that actually did fit in with my with my dream. Because when I was young, well, we all have been young, even I, and I was going to school locally. And what we all did, all kids, we used to take our bicycles and just bicycle to school. It was good. One did it, you know. We all did it, and was safe and everything else. But then I started, you know, when you're young, you don't, when you're really young, you don't notice anything. But once you come up to, you know, middle school or high school, you start to realize, is this what I want? I want something more. I hate to be this in this lifestyle of being in this weather. It was mostly the weather I couldn't handle. And then grew up in Sweden, Stockholm, Sweden. So it was, you know, cold. It's located right, it's situated right on the Baltic and surrounded by those islands, little, little rocky islands. But here comes the wind from the Baltic and Baltic is not the warm sea, you know, it, it's cold. <laughs> it goes from south to north, way up north. And it brings with it that icy cold wind that goes through you. And I feel that wind is cold all through the year. I don't know what you feel, sweet, you know, Stockholm people, but I feel it's cold like most of the time. Maybe not in the summer, summer, the way the summers are now, when they're really hotter and hotter. But that wind is cold. So I decided all on, I'm going to leave this. And, you know, once the winter came, I had to walk, and we all walked to school together. We had a fun time doing it, but it was walking through the snow, and then that dawn wind again. So I told myself, I'm going to move to another climate, and I have that vision of going anywhere south. And then I had actually seen a picture from Florida with some very good-looking guys, 
standing next to their convertibles and beautifully colored shirts and palm trees and white high rises and your red and yellow hibiscuses. And that picture, you know, I said, I want that. I want that. And that's what I wanted to. But it was not that I aimed that at Florida. It was just I aimed back to the sun. Maybe it was also my my inner thing. I already knew I was going to work with the light somehow. <laughs> that did fit in. So I had that vision of moving south meaning to a more southern country with more sunshine and warmer weather. And it stayed through me after I graduated from high school and made my parents convinced that I should study at colleges in other countries. Of course, everything was south of Sweden, so it was no problem. And then after my, I finished it, my, high, my graduation and everything, course, I was supposed to go back to Sweden. Oh no, I didn't. I wanted to stay with my dream. I was staying exactly where I wanted to be, south of Sweden, in warmer and more brighter climate. But somehow, and that way, and that road was really long and crooked, I ended up in this paradise called South Florida and have lived here most part of my life, of course, making stops on that way in several other countries and several different marriages and careers. But I ended up here early on and started to raise a family here and had a wonderful life that did fit in with the vision. Oh, can you help me have a, you know, ask someone, I said, what is your vision? And he said, Oh, I don't know. Can you help me? And then I would like to say, you should know your own vision. What is it you want? What is it you feel you wish for in your life? And see that as a big possibility for you. And see it as a picture even. And in that picture, you start to make a details and many times in my little longer seminars I tell people to make a vision map and what is that and I think that's something you can do right now if you haven't it means that you have a big white sheet of paper or like a much bigger sheet of paper and you kind of fold it like like a book and now you just start to put into that folded, folded page what you would like to have out of life. I know I did that for myself. And it was amazing how that did fit in what happened. Because I looked at that vision map. Oh, yes, here's a husband. Oh, yeah, I had lost one husband. I want to be married again. I put up, I want a husband, you know, another one. And I want family. I want children, I want dogs, I want a nice house. And I thought, oh, I want more. I want a big yacht. You know, I want to be driven around in limbo. You know, all those little things. I put that. And then I said, I want to do things now. I cannot just sit there and enjoy. I want to do things. I start to get professionally involved, you know, in so many ways. And it worked. 
and even got involved politically and was just such a fun time. But I think maybe it came from that vision that I had. And on that vision map, I even cut out CD covers, you know, well, copies of little little CD covers, and put it there, having no idea why I did it. Maybe because I thought, oh, I'm going to buy music, you know, music CDs and play them, something like this. But I looked at those CDs, and suddenly, a few years later, I decided to make recordings of my own. So I started to make meditation CDs. And they did very, very well. <laughs> you know, I was amazed how well it worked. Of course, today no one buys CDs, but I still sell my MP3s that you can add on to your telephone. So you can still get, get that from bodysoulconnection.com. They are wonderful there. They are excellent meditations. I call them power meditations. And I use one here myself because I was very upset about something. And I put that on at night and again in the morning. And it totally changed my mind about things. I started to feel good about things again. And I felt happy again and trusting again and so on. So certain things are very good to listen to or little aids like this in the process of living your vision. So the vision, again, has to have positive things. You see, having a vision of the good things is what matters. Why should you have a vision of the bad things or the negative things? What sense does that make? No, your vision is full of positive possibilities. And you look for the big result. Once you are starting to live your vision, things pop up and you will work on them on the way. So, do you know anyone who has a vision of trouble and problems and disasters? Yeah. I see that. I come across that. When I suggest something, oh, they should do this and that, they will all, they might say, oh, no, that's only a problem. I don't want to do that. That will lead to disaster. And I say, well, look at it in a different way. Do they do that? Sometimes, yes, but not always. And me as a psychic, you know, I uh, don't give psychic readings as such, you know, to tell people that fortune or future something because I don't believe in that. I believe it takes away the free will of spirit in you. But I can see the big picture for people, what suits them and doesn't suit them, and what is good for them and not good for them. So now, when you have a vision, it actually determines the direction of your life, of your future life. Let's say you want to have your own home. You want to have a house. And then you decide, well, maybe we could build that house ourselves. Doesn't mean you're standing there with hammer and nails, but you actually build it. You are your own producer. And you start to visualize 
how this house is going to look like and what you're going to use it for and how many rooms and what you're going to fill those rooms with. And this is your wish. I know people have had that wish for their own house for years and years and eventually they have built their dream house. And it has happened. Those have been people who have been working on it very practic- in a practical way. But once you start to put that mental picture or your vision in your mind and your imagination is starting to go wild and free with that image, you will see things happen by themselves. And this is what I'm saying. And each time I have moved from a place, it has always been because spirit helped me. I'm one of those people, I'm happy everywhere. I'm happy in any place I live in. I see the good in it and I, 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 I make it my home and I like everything around it. But then sometimes something happens and I, it makes it impossible. Like a flooding or something like that that happens and you just have to move out because that place is not going to be the same again, ever. And what I'm saying with that, in your vision, you don't always have to stay in the same place. It is perfectly okay to move at times. And then people say, but where to? Yeah, that is the thing. When I moved to the city or to live, you know, Sarasota here on the west coast of Florida, I had never been here. I heard of it vaguely. <laughs> that was about all. And I knew you had lots of people from Europe here. But, of course, not as many as you had Midwesterners, you know, good, solid American crop, you know, really good, solid American people. And I just somehow managed, somehow spirit took me here in the easiest way. And I found, and the same with the house I found here. It was just like the perfect place for me at this stage in my life where I always lived big, 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 and everything was there for me. And now it's just downsizing that fits me at this time when I live alone. So I was so surprised how everything was just perfect. And I thought if I had had too much say in this, meaning gotten into stupid details, I would never have come to this place. I would go into, you know, again, stupid little human details, how this and this was supposed to be. Now I gave the whole vision to the universe. And that was how I ended up here. And this is actually how I live my life. And I was starting little, I started to think about this man uh, that I met. He was a former prisoner of war. I think it was Vietnam. And um, he uh, was the one who said he had no vision. And I asked him, what is your vision? He had no vision. And he was there locked up, living in this, well, they were not quite locked up. They, had, they were in the camp. It was horrible. Everything was horrible. Everything was too little, you know, of the good things. 
but eventually he got back home. He didn't know anything about what had happened to the family. They didn't know what, what had happened to him. But, you know, the years had gone by, and when he came back to his home place, his wife was not alive anymore. His children had grown up, and he, they had married, and they were out. He found them, but it was just not the same thing anymore. They didn't know him anymore. And he didn't feel like knowing how to be a, a father anymore. So now he came to me and said, well, I'm miserable, and what can I do? And these are cases I usually like to work with. And I said, what is, do you have a vision? He said, no, I have no vision. Can you help me create a vision for me? And that is really the point of what, why I'm telling the story is, you must know what you wish out of life. You must have a feeling. Well, he'd been in camp for so long, his vision was to get out of his camp and be back with the family. But since he got out, nothing was left of that. So now he had no vision left. His, his name was Richard. Today, I don't quite know where Richard is, but he uh, was very happy with the way our session ended. And it started with, I said, do you realize you actually would like to be with someone? You would like to be with a woman again because your wife is not here anymore and she's not coming back. You know that. So now in your vision, create a woman, a woman that who understands you. And of course, get a little dog or something, because that's very nice to have when you are in a relationship. A little dog or a little cat. And now you want a home. And now in your mind, create what kind of home you would like to have. Do you want an apartment? Do you want a condo? Do you want a townhouse? Do you want a house in the country? See yourself. And we start, I just, I, I, I draw a lot. So I start to draw that on a sheet of paper to him. And then I said, well, now you still have future. You can still go back to some kind of work. What do you want to do? He said something, which was kind of, didn't hit me at time, but he seemed to have a fetish for shoes. <laughs> so he said, I think I would like to sell women's shoes. You know, when I came to America uh, and I had those men who were selling shoes, I thought that was the oddest thing because the woman is selling women's shoes to women, not a man who looks up your leg. I thought that was absolutely indecent, immoral, the way I saw it in America. I thought that was so odd. I don't know, today in, in Europe, I'm sure that, must have changed too. But at that time when I came to Jamaica, which was some time ago, I thought that was the oddest, oddest thing to have a man touching your leg and <laughs> feeling your leg and foot and sitting there. I don't know what the point is in America. But anyway, he had that thing and he felt he, he and this man, Richard, is so charming. So he said, 
he was going to do that. And in fact, he told me later he had got a beautiful job selling women's shoes. And I think he probably developed a very, very good career in that particular job. And that it just started with that vision that he said, yeah, now I have my job. Now I'm going to start living. And of course, he met a lot of women selling shoes to them and touching their feet and their legs. And um, he was a good-looking man and very nice, soft-spoken man. So I'm sure he could. He got some pretty suit, someone very soon. So anyway, it just starts with you have to have a vision. And if you don't know your vision, read my books. You will get lots of ideas. Have you read The White Light, The Limitless Reality? It's really good. I say that without shame because it had won awards. And that's not easy to win awards on this market because everyone writes a good book. So that is about it. And I'm just going to see here about, um, yes, do you want to start a new life? I have this a lot of times that people are, they're stuck. They come to me because they want to get rid of blockages. And usually we do. And after that, we talk about their future. And once you got the spiritual connection, knowing that you're not alone in your life, you have all kinds of helpers that you're not seeing, but you have, you know, he, he could just bring that up for those who don't believe it. But we have our own angels. I was one of those people who didn't believe in angels until I actually started to see them. And then what I see is my reality. And my reality, you know, I'm a very visual person. I see an awful lot of things. And I see things that other people don't see. So my world is full of visions. And in my world, there are also what we call energies that others cannot see, like angels. So once you start to be surrounded by energies that are powerful, but in a way that we don't understand how powerful they are, your life will change. And once you open up to spirits, for instance, when you do sessions with me, you do open up and you do become more and more open. I know many of you have come to me out there. You can agree that you see more, you feel more, you know more, you understand more. And what is we are doing? We are going to that place within you. I call that that sparkle of light, that light that always shines. That is the truth about you. And that is the beginning of having a vision. You do it with the help of that shiny light within you that will help you keep a positive attitude and be on the road of a good good fortune and good future. 
I had a vision. Uh, well, it was not a vision, but it has remained like a vision in me. And that was uh, when I was caught in a snowstorm. I was driving through the Alps from France into Switzerland, where I lived at the time. And I was in a little, you know, sports car, which, you know, which is not the best thing to be driving in the Alps when you have a snowstorm going on. But I had, when I was in that snowstorm and I noticed I'm in trouble and I really got stuck on the road far, far away from people in every direction. And I had also realized that the road I had gotten onto, it was snowing so hard when I got onto it. I never saw the sign where it says closed for the winter. So this was a road that was only used for summer driving, never in snow driving. And that was the one I was on. And I knew that if my car now got stuck there, I will be found like six months later. And of course, that was not the way I wanted to be found. And when I had that particular wish and my car stopped and I got stuck in the snow, I just created a vision within me that, yes, I am going to be back home I'm just not accepting this. And I was creating an image of a miracle that I was just going to be driving back home. And at that time, a big gust of wind blew across the road and blew away the snow. And the road was suddenly clear. My car had stopped. Now at that moment, I turned the key around again. And it started. How on earth it could start after having stuck because it was empty of gas? I don't know. But maybe that little last, last little sparkle that we all have in us, we have that also in the car. And here this happened. The car now was driving. And it wasn't that far away. I came to a big top of the mountain and I could look down into the valley and there down in the valley I had the the sparkling lights of the city of Geneva where I lived and now it was just rolling down hill for the rest of the road just maneuvering the car handling the curves and I got back but you know the car once we got to flatland the car stopped running. <laughs> it was just one of those miracles. But if I hadn't had the vision, though, I wouldn't have managed to, to move on. Now, somehow, my angels helped me. Don't ask me how, because that's not how I function. I don't ask how things are. I just say, this is what I'm seeing. This is what's right or this is what's wrong. This is what I wish for. And that particular story you can read in my book, Constant Awakening. Constant Awakening. It's the sweetest little book. It's not like, you know, the white light 
the white light, the limitless reality. That's a book where you learn an awful lot. Constant awakening has stories. Well, it's one big story. It's my story. But it's very, very touching. It won the prize also. So it is worthwhile reading. If you haven't read it before, it's called Constant Awakening. You know, it's my show. I can promote my work, can't I? This is why I have the show. So um, what do you think about all this? Are you willing to change your life and follow a vision, a new vision of actually being well? If you're not feeling well, why don't you feel well? Do you know that? Have you thought about that? It could be something physical. It could be something mental. It could be something from the environment. And it could be just from your feelings. You know, a broken heart. They're so just eating the wrong food. I noticed there's so many things. And then we have those that memories from past lifetimes can also make you sick. And that's what I'm fixing. I do this a lot, you know. Fix, you know, those problems that the doctors cannot find. And they just said, well, you're not really sick. But take this medication will make you feel better. But that situation, that is where I work. This kind of unspecified sickness that you cannot place under a diagnosis. Oh, well, well, we always do the little meditation at the end, and that's what I'm going to do now. So begin to relax, and my meditations are not really meditations, meditations that people usually have, uh, or usually give, because they follow a pattern, a taught pattern. And they usually have a manuscript that works. And they're beautiful manuscripts. I wish I could put one like that together that easily. Yeah, I could. Of course I could. But I don't because I'm working with direct knowledge channeled to me from this higher power. So it's more than a meditation. It is actually a process of going through cleansing within you. And now you relax and relax and relax. Whole body is instantly relaxing because it's your decision to be instantly relaxed. Your feet, your legs, your thighs, and the relaxing power is continued into your feet into your spine and up through your chest, into your shoulders and into your arms. Your arms. You are totally relaxed. Totally and completely relaxed. And now you imagine yourself far, far away different part of this planet Earth, in a place where the weather is always nice, where the sun is shining and it rains during the night. It's the perfect place. This is where you have found your little island of peace and quiet. 
It's now night on your island. And you are so completely relaxed. You sit on a rock, on a big rock, on the sandy beach. The rock is still warm from the sun during the day. And you look up in the sky, feeling a connection with the sky. You feel so in harmony, so completely in harmony. Yes, you are now relaxed. And you make a connection with the big star-filled sky. You are so in tune with the whole universe. And you look at the stars and they twinkle and they shine. And they are there for you. Just for you. Because it is your island and your place to be. When you want to be alone with the stars and the universe, you are so completely in tune. I can hear a frog outside, and that frog is also on your island. You have a lot of life ahead of you, a good life. You decide at this time you have a good life ahead of you of good health. And suddenly the whole sky is opening up and is sending you a ray of beautiful shiny light. And that light is full of little, little rays and they all go in through your pores and in through your cells, into your cells, filling all cells with beautiful, shiny, white, positive and healthy light. You feel it and you know it. You are so into Yes, you know who you are. You're a child of the light. What is the light? This is this godly power that we have access to within us. All you have to do is to decide for yourself who you are. That you are a child of the universe. And at this moment the light is shining completely and completely through you. And you breathe it in and you fill your chest with the light. And you feel more and more content with the person that you are. Yes, I want a big life of happiness. And immediately you make yourself a vision of you being happy and well and healthy and successful. It's in you completely. You 
love it about you more and more and more. And now slowly you're coming back to here and now. One, two, three, four. You still love the light in your heart. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You open your eyes. You're back to here and now. And this is Helena Steiner-Bornstein speaking to you. And we'll see you soon again. And keep in touch with me, please. I would love to hear from you. And read my books. I'm trying to squeeze in all these things in the last second. Thanks for being with me. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.